we rocking mobile down here? I think we're going phone stream. Dude, I had to go phone. I mean, it just wasn't. It worked. It wasn't working. No idea how this possibly happens. I apologize to the listeners. It's like one of my favorite. This is better. And then, you know, this all of a sudden goes, uh, because it goes absolutely haywire. So I tried to listen to that painfully to let these three bozos host and operate the show. I've, you know, appointed my best. And it goes all to shit. And what happens? So. Anyway, I think you were asking long shots um, for, you know, which I thought yeah. the whole premise of like late in the show, what are we, we're 20 minutes in. I don't think we need to cut this any shorter for anyone else. They don't need to be we're, here. We're 20 minutes in, but if you only cut down strictly to audio and took out the commercials, we're like three minutes in. <laughs> it's good. It's not bad. Um, I like Kanish dropping some defense. I like that we're on the defensive side a little bit. I've uh, heard some names that we don't hear a lot about, so... Uh, I kind of like that angle there on the Chiefs side in particular, which is, uh, which is pretty pretty interesting. I got a couple of wonky ones that I would love to get you guys. A couple, maybe less wonky. Um, Connor and I are going to do props as normal on Friday with Pat Mayo, a little bit more traditional. I think we're kind of spending more time here in like the novelty props. Um, both teams are just going to score, right? I know Connor's interested in the over. I don't know. What, I think Kinnis or Dangle's thoughts on the, on the total here. Fandle's got both teams to get to 20. At minus 138, I think that's a probably a pretty fair number. Um, I don't see one of these teams really stalling offensively. I mean, they're pretty elite in terms of, I think they're one and two in offensive uh, EPA on the season. So I think when you kind of break it down, it's pretty significantly like the Chiefs are far and above um, everyone else. Yeah, the difference between the Eagles at two um, and the Chiefs at one is the same difference between the Eagles at two and number 17. So like Chiefs have been pretty good, even though they don't have Tyreek. So uh there's a lot of talk about first half, first quarter struggles in the Super Bowl. I think we've seen that historically. Teams getting off to a slow start. At least that's a narrative, and I, I haven't run the data. You know, Tanish probably has a thought on that. Um, teams getting off to a slow start. Um, no score in the first seven minutes is plus 155 on DraftKings. So if you have some thoughts there and you think that that's the case, I think we're getting a pretty good number there at plus 155 on DK for you know maybe – you know, a long drive and no score, or uh, maybe even a punt, um, you know, and a couple of long drives. So not a bad number there. Those are kind of more of like the generic ones. I have some cross-sport stuff. I got some punt stuff. I don't know how much we want to get in the weeds here yet, but uh, those are a couple for me, and kick it back to you guys now that I can participate in the show. Well, since you could participate, get us back on the right track, because we were just going around pretty much giving out all our best shit already. So please start directing it again. Well, I missed, do we, do we have really good, strong takes? Cause I mean, I feel like Kinesh, what, like the, the number hasn't moved really since open, right? It hasn't moved since we saw the initial line movement and, and reaction. We're at one and a half. There's no Eagle news because everyone's playing. They're as healthy as they've ever, and as anyone ever really is at this point. The only news that really could come is we kind of get, I think what we expect, but it probably is just like, there's some positive news on the Chiefs side, right? We got Ladarius Sneen is back, still waiting on Willie Gay. We need kind of some answers at the receiver position. Do you think that any of that good news can move us closer to a pick um, or see any movement off the one and a half? Yeah, that's what I, I would think that as we get closer and the handle comes in here with the positive Chief news, you get closer to around a pick here. I, obviously, there's not, you know, this is one of those uh, – if, uh, you know, you could put the Chiefs in a tease here, that, that'd be one I wish there was a – give me some XFL on the board here so I can tease, uh, you know, some early XFL or USFL with, a, you know, a Chiefs teaser here. Um, so, you know, it'd be one that, yeah, I'd love to, uh, you know, it'd be well it's at one and a half, get them up to seven and a half, but uh, might have to, you know, do a, a cross – if I can do a cross-sport tease here right, with some, uh, you know, some uh, me at college basketball or something I get there. But I agree – I, I would say it's much more likely this closes pickish uh, than it does. I, I, mean, I see no scenario where this goes back to Chiefs two, two and a half, or any of that stuff. So, um, yeah, it, it would be leaning leaning back to a pick for me. Connor, do you have any thoughts around the early scoring stuff? Because I know that you played. Um, I got in on it too because I liked it. That's kind of been something that our subscribers on our Discord have had a lot of success chasing Eagles. You know, over one and a half touchdowns, Eagles over 12 and a half, over 13 and a half in the first half all season long. Um, has any of the, like the work that you've done maybe dispelled some of the early Super Bowl jitter stuff? Does it matter that these teams, even though, like especially the Eagles side, that they 
construction of the team is very different than what was here five years ago. Uh, the fact that they've been here recently, um, any thoughts into that narrative around slow starts in the, the play that you made at over 12 and a half on Philly in the first half? Yeah, I think it's certainly played out uh, in some some senses, but it's mostly been a first quarter thing. So like in the first half, the scores have been very normal, you know, like mostly like outside of the one game that was the, I believe it was Rams Patriots game where there was three points in the first half. Uh, every other Super Bowl has, you know, ended up 20 plus in the first half and like well on their way, at least to halfway towards their total essentially. Uh, and so for me, I, I played over Eagles first half team total over 12 and a half. I think we're looking at 13 and a half at this point. I still think that's fine to be honest. Eagles over thir 13 or more points in 15 of 17 Jalen Hurts starts averaging 19.1 points per game. The most since the 2007 Patriots in the first half. I mean, this is better than that 2017 Falcons team that everyone talked about being like the best first half team ever. Like this is just an incredible first half, half performance based on how they're scheming things, based on how they're doing everything. And like, I think that there are ways for the chiefs to counteract like what the Eagles do well in some ways, but like, the Eagles just have been so good in the first half that, and they haven't ever necessarily needed to score in the second half. Like they could be a historic second half team too. We just don't even know because they haven't had to play anyone in the second half. So like, I really think that in this spot here, an Eagles first half team goal of 12 and a half is just too short. Uh, you know, and even over 13 and a half is probably a good look too, because two touchdowns, like, like you mentioned, it's been a free money glitch uh, all year, basically for our subscribers. Yeah. Uh, maybe at that point too, I'd have to price it out. I don't know where, it's at now, but it, if you're kind of like 13 and a half on the over, your best bet is probably just to try to find the two touchdown price, the over one and a half touchdown price. I imagine that's probably slightly favorable um, in terms of the 13 and a half. Sometimes you see that a little bit slower to move. So, because in that instance, you're probably, you know, you're not getting three field goals um, and a touchdown, right? I mean, you're, you're def definitely banking on two touchdowns. So I think that's probably worth a look. Um should we give out the crab list that Silva gave us? Because I mean, like what a uh, absolute just garbage, right? Like dumpster fire. Of what are we even doing here? Right. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, like, uh, I believe. Let me see if we can uh, read this off here because this was, I mean, I've seen a lot of lists of long shot props and this is special right here. So, and never forget, don't forget everyone. Remember that, Long shot during Super Bowl week, which is why my this is my least favorite week of football because it's everything regurgitated. Not only that, but people that don't even usually dabble in props feel as if they're forced to put out a props podcast. You don't have to. Just don't do it. How about that? Uh, but yes, now we get long shots. And long shot during football or during Super Bowl week is equivalent to dumbass. It's just a dumbass <laughs> bet is what long shot is. So here, Connor, I'm setting you up, are some dumbass bets. <laughs> Yeah, I think actually like one of the longest shot bets that I've seen hit during the Super Bowl was like, I don't even know, maybe like a Von Miller MVP when they beat the Panthers. Uh, I mean, like really there haven't been that many long shots to hit outside of like in most markets here because I, I don't know. I mean, and sorry to cut you off, but remember during that game, the Broncos had the most handle because they were the wiser bet because Cam Newton hadn't played an actual pass rush until the Super Bowl. And then DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller single-handedly won that game despite Peyton Manning's noodle arm. Um, but, but sharp betters were on it the whole way. So like a defensive player made sense. Whereas, you know, in my opinion, although the Chiefs defense is the X factor in this game, it's the one that no one's talking about, despite the fact that I would argue they've been playing better in the last month and a half than, than the Eagles defense. Um, like that's the one where I just like, I don't want to take a Eagles rotational DE for MVP. That's fucking crazy to me. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So here's the list that Evan Silva gave us. We're, I'm reading this out uh, because again, hold on. Evan has joined us Evan, on the show. I think, sorry again, Evan Silva gave Connor this list. I just want to have context for this. The because goat. Like, you know, the goat gave these bets. Evan has been a staple on the show for years. He can't be here. Again, I, I know Kanisha mentioned uh, he's dealing with extracurricular activities for his daughter. He's he's dadding up, allegedly. Um, you know, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm reporting the news as it was reported to us. Um, but I just want to make sure that you know that this isn't like um, my 14-year-old son or my wife who passively watches football or, uh, you know, anyone significant other or anyone randomly off the street. This is Evan Silva and his list of, of thoughts that he would have given you in person if he was here. But again, he's busy. So do you want me to go one, do you want me to go one by one or just read them all? Yeah, off? Go, go one by one. 
It's fine. We got All time. Right. So first one, finish. Juju MVP 80 to one. I mean, is he even going to play? Don't I mean, hate. That's... Don't hate it. But also that's the best one. So if you're not ready for that one, you're not ready for the others. That's a great uh, point. Juju two touchdowns, 22 to one. I actually don't hate that one. I think that somehow he can get there. Um, Sky Moore MVP 200 to one. I mean, that's... Sky Moore is garbage. That is <laughs> drive your car off the ledge right now. <laughs> Quez Watkins first touchdown fifty to one, last touchdown forty to one. I mean, whatever. Maybe to be, bets, like what? Like, you know, that <laughs> to I be fair, touchdown bets. In defense, Quez Watkins anytime touchdowns ten to one. So if you're gonna bet anytime, but you see it forty and fifty to one, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I think it's stupid. Uh, then maybe sure, maybe bet first and last because those are better odds betting it twice than just betting anytime. Go ahead. But things get better too because you have the the non-correlated parlay that taxes you on being correlated. Quez Watkins to score and Eagles to win. Very nice. 13 to 1 only. So uh that's you're getting 10 to 1 in any time, and you're only getting an extra plus plus three hundred on something that I guess is loosely correlated, but DraftKings is slapping you with a nice, nice correlated tax there. Um Devonta Smith MVP 25 to 1. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, like I think that there's room for other Eagles players to win, but uh, you know, and then 60 yard field goal, nine to one. I mean, the Eagles are never going to not go for it. Uh, as long as it's less than fourth and four, fourth and five in that range. Uh, and then Hertz first touchdown plus Sanders second touchdown, 22 to one. That's, uh, it you should, know, just, that should be more than 22 to one. That's my argument. You know, it probably guessing is. literally the first, it probably is. He just think, think about the shop. Think about the odds you get on first touchdown, the long shot. Now try guessing the first two touchdowns of any game, let alone the Super Bowl. Like, no fucking way. No way. Give me oh, 50 well, to 1, not 22 to 1. Silva, we love you, uh, but we think your bets are horseshit. But you so couldn't be here, to, so we have to call yeah, on you. Excited to sweat uh, the game, hanging out with him on Sunday and tell him to his face that we think his bets are garbage. Uh, but watch them, watch multiple of them hit, and he's just laughing at us while – uh, you know, we're all hanging out. It would be, it'll be, it would be certainly fun. For I sure. mean, you should know better. We were here and we had the Damian Williams sweat a couple of years ago. Like, it's just so hard to, especially the chiefs with stuff like the, the juju and the sky more. It's like, man, a scenario where one of Mahomes' receivers gets there and is like the MVP and Mahomes isn't like, that's a hard sell. Like the Eagle stuff. I think you can, like the Devonte thing, like we've seen it historically at times. The Pats have had a couple um, instances with you know having some good receiver games, and Brady was kind of meh um, and, and didn't get the MVP. It's just it's so. I feel like they should just be longer. And like Juju's receiving yardage is like thirty two and a half or something. And like we don't even know if he's playing. Like I don't know. I want more than eighty to one for him to win the, the damn Super Bowl MVP. I, I believe. Uh... Everyone except Tony was full today for the Chiefs. Tony was limited on Wednesday practice, I believe. And also, I don't even know how much the injury report matters because two weeks ago the Chiefs lied about their players being healthy. Uh, Jalen Hurts and Mahomes have been lied about being healthy all offseason. They're both still injured. And so we're really just questioning how much two weeks makes, uh, how it, how much it improves them, honestly, on the field. And with a at 50%, Patrick Mahomes, I would argue, just played the best game of his entire life against the Bengals. And I have much more trust in Lou Anamarumo against Patrick Mahomes than I do the Eagles defense. So I don't even know how much it matters, honestly. Yeah, Wilkman brings up a good point here. Sky Moore, two kick returns. He would need two kick returns and like a rushing or receiving touchdown. And maybe that still might not be enough. So he has you know, more fumbles like in trying to punt return this year than he does kick than punt returns for a touchdown. Also, I know Kanish. I know Kanish is on the Kadarius Tony stuff, and I don't know. I don't know where Kanish went. So this is easily the worst, uh, you know, quality show we've done. Uh, uh, but I think that Kadarius Tony stuff is super thin. Like, I get that why you'd want to play an over, but like two weeks before before he got injured, he had played like 19 snaps each week for the past two weeks before, and then he played four snaps. He did look like he was going to be more involved. I mean, he started and played each of the four first snaps, but then he got injured. Like. I mean, what faith do we have after a week and a half off that he's going to come in and be like a full-time player or even like a, I mean, part-time player. What if he goes back and plays like 10 snaps again? I think that's well, very the, much in the range of outcomes. I think the numbers are really low. The numbers are accounting for an injury. I think it's that's 25 he, yards. I get it. But like, I mean, 25 yards is what? Two to three catches at least. Like, I mean, he needs to be at least out there for 20 snaps. 
Like, I don't, do you think he's going to be out? Like, are you confident he's out there for 20 snaps? I'm not. It, do, right. It's close. He be out there for 20 snaps though, because 10 snaps for Tony, I, I understand the usage, but they literally, they concertedly call plays for him to get him the ball. That's totally different than if MBS runs 10 routes, like, cause they don't call plays for MBS. He has to get open himself. Tony doesn't need to get open. They literally feed him the ball purposely. So but I they also a, use him in the in the running game too. Like that, that's like we we were on a Kadarius Tony when it was like thirty eight, and he was like a, his usage was ascending. He got like three end arounds that he had like you know should have had actually even more receiving yards and had like three catches for twenty five yards and then like twenty five rushing yards. So like I think if you want to play the over, I, I do agree he'll probably be like his touch per snap ratio will be like the highest ever in the NFL, but I just don't know if his snaps are going to be high enough. That's my only concern. Anytime TD or like I mentioned, um, first catch for the Chiefs, which you can find on BetMGM, I think that's the best way to go for Tony. Yeah. And that's oh, you, what can bet rushing, you can bet rushing and receiving yards at 31 if you want instead of Ooh, just 25. That's that's I like that actually a lot better. I, I'm, I'm willing to, to get in on that if we get some positive news on Tony. I don't mind the first reception look because you can see them – doing some sort of, you know, scheming things to him, trying to get him involved, do something early. I don't mind that. I, I There's two other Chiefs first reception looks that I like. Um, Pacheco is plus 650. Um, I don't hate that at all. And Jerry McKinnon uh, plus four and a quarter. I like the Pacheco one to be uh, more, to be honest. Um, I think you could very much see a scenario where they try to curtail a little bit of the pass rush from the Eagles. Um, set up a call an early screen um, just to kind of bait them into maybe not bringing the house, maybe not blitzing, trying to be a little bit coy in that. And you can get a, a little dump off. The checkdowns are going to be there um, in this game for it's part of why I like McKinnon. I think there's going to be some underneath looks, especially to the running backs, if they're willing to take them, um, which Mahomes has shown this year, he's been willing to take, right? The A dots lower, significantly lower than it was last year with Tyreek and, and all that all that they have going on there. So first uh, reception, I didn't play either, but the Pacheco one is probably my favorite look closer to 7-1. I think that's uh, on Caesars plus 650. So I like that as well for um, if you're going to go with Tony stuff, that'd probably be my Tony look as well. And and now that you're back, you I, I want you guys to debate out the Pacheco and McKinnon. I Daigle earlier in the week played a Pacheco over. You've played two McKinnon receiving overs. I personally think that you can make a case for both. Uh, Daigle, I'll let you go first here with your Pacheco uh, receiving over. Uh, well, it's, it's simply just the usage. And I'm someone who backed, like when I finally bet against Brock Purdy, even though situation out of my hand that he got injured. But I, I, I would still argue the 49ers were, or no, the Eagles were a much more dominant team than the 49ers anyhow, so don't even care about the injury. But like when I had backed Brock Purdy through the entire run and then saw the spot where it was wise to bet against him, uh, I was on McKinnon for the entire run. And then the last time we saw the Chiefs, it was all Pacheco and, and running more routes than McKinnon for the first time all year, out snapping him, out touching them. And it wasn't even close, honestly. And that was in a game where Patrick Mahomes was at 50, 75%, whatever you want to give him. And yet they trusted when push came to shove, Pacheco in the most important game to that point of the year. And so I just want to go back to that. And also remember, we are only two years removed from Kyle Shanahan after a torrential run, not being able to play McKinnon because he had dead legs. Remember the reports. So like, of course it would make sense that over the last six weeks of the regular season, when McKinnon's usage is at an all-time high, that suddenly we reach the playoffs and this dude has dead legs and they just can't use him. Uh, maybe that's what they're seeing. So that's the narrative I'm spinning anyways. So I still like Pacheco in a lot of different aspects, prop bets, DFS over McKinnon, if that's a choice here. Yeah, so I don't think it has to be Sophie's choice. I think uh, Daigle makes a good point. I think that they could both get there, and that's kind of my point, is that I think that they both have, um, especially with whether it's guys being out or even limitations to the receiving core, I think this is a way to attack Philly a little bit. I think they're 24th in past DDVOA on the season, the running backs. Um, if they're willing to take it, I think this is part of uh, what's going to be available for them to do. So I think Pacheco could very well get there and McKinnon as well. I don't know that he was necessarily healthy a little bit down the stretch. Mayo brought it up, and that was part of my handicap when I wrote it up on the site, was there's a significant split with McCole Harmon in the lineup in terms of how they use him. And that was surprising to me. And when I actually kind of looked at the splits, it's pretty telling in terms of the, the number of 29 games that they've played together. Uh, there are nine games that Harmon has missed. 
Um, and it's night and day in terms of the usage for um, for McKinnon in the passing game. So I took a plus 140 on over three and a half receptions. It's a big number, uh, but I really liked 20 and a half receiving yards. I think that's moved up to, you know, 22 and a half, 23 and a half in some spots. So um, I think that there's, I think he's averaged 4.1 receptions in the nine games without Hardman in the lineup on uh tad over five targets. Um, and I think like 25 more yards per game when, with Hardman out. So again, not always something you would think that would correlate because they're, they play different positions, but the way that they use him is in that short passing game. The way that they use Hardman is in some of that stuff too. The way they like to kind of scheme him and do some unique things more so than traditional down the field stuff. So I think they could both get there. Cause I don't think the threshold is very high. And like I said, I think that they're going to want to play their, I don't think you're going to have a lot of box safety stuff from the Eagles. I don't think you're going to have a lot of linebacker blitzes. Um, Cause you're white. The linebacker for the Eagles is one of the worst coverage linebackers in the league. I think that impacts his playing time. I think they're going to want to hide him. Um, and they're going to want to drop those linebackers as deep as possible to try to make that um, a spot that they could take away some of that underneath stuff to Kelsey underneath in the seam to Juju and uh, I think the running backs are going to be both viable. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the Pacheco play as well. I haven't played it, but I'm, I, I think he's very much involved in the passing game. And I'll, for everyone, for the rest of the show, Kanish's bets that you got, that's what you're getting. Because, as he mentioned at the top, he also has to run to the book. And so I'm pretty sure he literally ran to the book and left us. It is quite the eight-mile problems. I do agree. Uh, but it's fine. We got this the rest of the way. Also, Noonan, to that point, I have – Bet, seen and bet, and it's still out there for everyone. You have to dig around and find it. Um, points bet and bet MGM, I believe it's still out there. But Isaiah Pacheco receiving yards to Miles Sanders receiving yards. I have bet Pacheco for that receiving usage reason. I love that. In uh, the playoffs, in the playoffs on third and fourth down alone, uh, Kenneth Gainwell has outsnapped Miles Sanders 26 to 2 on third and fourth down. Like they don't use Sanders in the passing game at all. So, of course, I'm taking a chance on Pacheco's usage, which is more relevant than Sanders because we haven't seen it all year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could also make the case, like, if you were to make the – the I like that a lot because I do think Sanders is an air ball in the passing game. Um, I think there's a case to be made that the Pacheco passing game usage against Cincy was a little bit of a, a scheme breaker type situation because they hadn't used him in that role. So, you know, you, you want to show him in the passing game because you hadn't previously. I also think it was successful. Um, and to my point, I think it's going to be available for him. So um, I prefer McKinnon over Pacheco, but I definitely prefer Pacheco over Miles Sanders for sure. Yeah. No, I, I also think that there's a variable of like how we see the Chiefs play. So like, I personally think they're going to play a lot of like 12 and 13 more than just 11. If they're in 11, I think we're going to see a ton of McKinnon. If they're in 12 and 13, we'll probably see, I mean, maybe not as much Pacheco as we saw last week, but I think a little bit more similar to like an even split. So I think that there is a both way both of them get there, but I personally just think that they're going to be wanting to run Pacheco in between the tackles if they have to, if that's what the Eagles are giving them versus McKinnon. Um, and I mean, I we brought it up in the chat once you played it. I was just personally worried that uh, Jarek McKinnon outsnapped Isaiah Pacheco for six straight weeks. And then in a game that mattered most, he wasn't, you know, like he, J Isaiah Pacheco, you know, ran more routes, like a season high in routes, outsnapped Jarek McKinnon for the first time in a while. So like, it was one of those things where, I feel like as outsiders, we're missing something and we just don't know what it was. Maybe it was scheme breaking. Maybe it was Jarek McKinnon's dead legs, but is two weeks enough to kind of close that gap. And those are questions that I don't think we necessarily have, but it doesn't mean that neither is going to be involved here. Um, I do have a question for Daigle though, over under four and a half snaps for, for Clyde Edwards Hilaire in this game. I'm still guessing under, uh, he could sneak into a touchdown because as we know, I say it every week, the Chiefs are bored inside the 10-yard line. They just try whatever the hell they want to do. Whoever is capable, even an offensive lineman, if Andrew Wiley's out there and wants to throw an underhanded pass, they'll figure out a way to do it. And so Edwards Lair could be in there in a two-RB package and get the touchdown like from McKinnon. It could absolutely happen. But overall usage, no. This is a guy they were phasing out in two weeks, not just one week, two weeks prior. He got zero touches the week he got injured, or before the week he got injured, he came back in for his one touch the following week. He got injured on it. They weren't using him before because Pacheco began breaking out. So I imagine it's still just a two-headed backfield. Uh, but again, maybe CEH can still sneak in for one score, but that's an anytime touchdown bet. That's absolutely not a usage bet. Yeah, because they've been mixing in Ronald Jones for random snaps 
Um, so I think that more so than anything, that's probably what we see from from CEH, if anything. So I, I'm with Daigle. I think probably lean under, but it's not a role that should impact was, Pacheco or McKinnon. He was not out of the picture because of injury. He was already out of the picture before injury. Yeah. And that's important to remind everyone. Yeah. Right. And that's what I remember too. And like beyond that, like he was bad and like maybe they kept using him in the red zone, but like I have very distinct memories of him just getting stuffed repeatedly at the goal line, you know, multiple times. Like he's not really a good red zone running back necessarily either. So I don't know. Like I, I've heard multiple people who I respect and are smart say like, oh yeah, well he's active. So of course he's going to play. But in my mind, I'm like, well, he wasn't playing before he was injured. And now like Pacheco's been playing really well. McKinnon obviously saw a massive role down the stretch. Like for me, it was kind of tough to get there. So I'm glad that you guys agree because I thought I was crazy for a little bit because I was like, man, I don't know, maybe five snaps, maybe like one to two carries. Like that's kind of what I envisioned for him. So, all right, I'm going to run down um, some of the stuff that I have. I know I shared some stuff yeah. earlier. Um, I didn't get a reaction because I probably couldn't get a reaction. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts. Um, both teams to score 20 minus 138 on FanDuel. I feel like that's pretty good price. Um, I, I don't mind the, the no score. Like I'm with Connor on the, uh, on the over, but no score in the first seven minutes at plus 155, I think is a good number. Uh, cross sport prop. I mean, we not only have the Super Bowl this week, but we have the best pregame show of the world. We get the waste I can't management. Wait. We can't fucking wait. I, I love, I love the waste management. It's, it's like that, even beyond Pebble Beach, is a, is a bucket list course for me. And if you go during the summer, because as y'all know, I had to work Roto World News at the time, but we've been in Vegas together. And if you go golfing in the desert during the summer, it's uh, it leads to terrible emotions and inner reactions. Um, but if you go golfing at TPC Scottsdale uh, during the summer, it's like 90 bucks on a Wednesday at lunchtime because no one goes. Like, I would go. I'd go burn all my skin off for that. Anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. I think I would too. Knowing what I know from our uh, Vegas experience – uh, I, I would know how to prepare even better than we did. No, yeah, it was, I would, I would do it too. Um, great, great events. Um, on Caesars, they have a uh, cross sports section. They number them for you. This is number 45 in the, what will be more section. It's wild. They're unorganized too. It's not in, like in numerical order. Uh, it's all over. worst prop menu I've ever seen. It's, Literally the worst problem. It's, it's just one big page of like props. Yeah. It's like an old school Vegas thing, except worse. Cause you have to unclick all of yeah, them. Yeah. You, you have to open them up. So it's, uh, it's not great. Um, Scotty Scheffler fourth round score. Or Kansas City Chiefs offensive place. Um, Scotty is minus one and a half at minus one thirty. Um, so I, you know, spend a good amount of time trying to project plays every week because it's a big piece of me trying to handicap tackles. Um, feel pretty good about where I'm at with this. Um, the Chiefs are kind of middle of the pack on the season, about sixty four and a half plays offensively. They uh, last three have been at around sixty three. The Eagles do not allow a lot of plays. Um, they are, uh, especially of late, it's been pretty pretty light. Uh, 61 and a half on the season, 53.3 over the uh, last three games. I have the Chiefs for 61 plays in this game. Um, so we're Scotty minus one and a half on the fourth round. So Scotty won this event last year, 16 under, uh, was minus four in the last round it's a par 71 so that's just that puts him in that 67 um so minus one and a half 65 and a half um his like typical fourth round scoring is like 67 his scoring average on the season last year was like 68 and change so like you got a little bit of wiggle room here um in a spot where i feel like if any team is going to get and kind of blow out plays like for instance i have the chiefs at 61 i have the eagles at 66 um, it's kind of right on actually the market's number on total place for the game at, on 127 and a half. So if, if any team, like I think, feel like the Eagles are more likely to control the game, make it harder for the Chiefs to kind of, um, you know, sustain drives. It's not necessarily how the Chiefs play either. So I feel pretty good about the Chiefs number at 61. Um, and Scotty would have to go absolutely berserk to get to this number. So um, give me Scotty uh, minus one and a half, a minus 130 on Caesars to have a, uh, a higher score than chiefs offensive place. So that's, I like, I like that. That's fun. I'm going to, I'm going to tail that. I, I don't, there's a lot going on there. So I didn't fully quite understand uh, the complexities, but I think I understood at the end, you're projecting 61 plays for the chiefs 
and you're projecting Scotty to finish in like the 67 to 70 ish range, correct? Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. We're minus one and a half. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I fully understood. Yeah. So I'm trying to give you the little bit of the, the why to how he land on the, the 61 number for the chiefs, but um, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. So I think even Scotty going berserk, you probably have a little bit of wiggle room in that one. So um, also on Caesars, you could just get team with the most offensive plays. Phillies minus 150, laying a little bit of, bit of juice, but um, based off of everything we've seen, both in terms of season high, um, average, median, anything you would get, you get Philly, I think, at, at pretty good value at minus 150 there. Um, shout out to our guy, Heck, uh, who grinds punts uh, along with, you know, penalties and all sorts of stuff. I jumped in on the under seven and a half punts with him uh, early in the week. That number's gone now, basically. It's still seven and a half, but under is like minus 175. So on DraftKings, though, you can get under 338 and a half total yardage from punts. Doing the math a little bit, seven punts, which is kind of what we would need on the average to hit under our seven and a half here, is a 48 and a half net yard punt, which is pretty significant. Like that's... uh it would basically be third in the league. Um, and that's not what we've been seeing from uh, Brett Kern, the Eagles guy in particular. So um, I don't think we're going to get a lot of punts in this spot. I don't think we're going to get to eight, but even then we have a little bit of wiggle, like 42 and change, you know, at six punts, you would need like 54. Uh, so basically, you know, if you still want to get under the eight or under seven and a half punts, maybe even under eight punts, uh, I think the better way to do it is total punt yardage uh, under three thirty-eight and a half minus 130 on DraftKings. So that was our, my little off the board exotics. I love that. I was looking at that and I just like had no idea where to start handicapping it. I was looking at like longest punts and I was like, man, this Kern guy kind of sucks. So I was trying to figure out a way to, to short him and the Eagles. I mean, easily one of the most aggressive teams in the league. Anytime they're like in fourth and two or less, like they're going to go for it. They're not going to punt. And so, and I also think that I mean, I don't know. I, I think that the, the Chiefs defense is going to be super aggressive in some ways, but like I think they're also going to leave themselves exposed to some bigger plays pretty much every drive uh, in this sense. So, yeah, I, I think I like that a lot too, right. for sure. One more in that same sense. Um, both of them average they're like 28th and 29th in total punts on the season. Uh, they're like 3.1 and 3.2. Um, DraftKings, in terms of teams that have the most punts, DraftKings has made it a three-way market. No one else has. Um so on DraftKings, you can get neither team to have the most punts. What if they both get three punts? I mean, that fits our under seven and a half. That fits their their season average. That fits our aggressive narrative that we think is going to happen here in the playoffs. Neither team to have the most punts is plus 320, uh, which I think is a pretty good number uh, comparatively to the market and how they're priced in, the, in just a two-way market elsewhere. So you could push that. But on DraftKings, I like the plus 320. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's a fun one for sure as well. And kind of along the same lines here, Jackson, one of our uh, listeners, said Sirianni doesn't kick field goals plus Chiefs red zone defense is not great. Eagles under one and a half field goals at even worth the play. For me, uh, I think that it is probably a lean, but I'm just worried that there could be so many points that like you're going to be down there all the time. And so, you know, a fourth and six, fourth and seven, like those kinds of things the Eagles probably aren't going for. So I'd almost rather play like a longest field goal under instead. Uh, like, because I mean, it would have to be like a very specific situation where it's like fourth and six and they're on like the, you know, whatever, like it'd be like, it'd have to be like a 50 yard field goal, something like that. So that's kind of, how I'd approach it. Daigle. I mean, any thoughts on the field goals, the punters, any, I, I'm, I'm sure this is way beyond like anything you enjoy looking at at this point. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a long shot <laughs> special teams guy. Um, you know, and when we talk about Super Bowl MVPs, I mentioned Miles Sanders, but I'm also not a long shot MVP person. I, I just think it's all burning money. So it's not for me. Same. Is it fun? Like, I, I think fun is subjective. So if you have fun, you should definitely do it. Just bet on Colin Morikawa to win the waste management. Uh, save yourself some of the money. No, I'm, I'm fading him, so let's not do that either. Let's definitely not do that. Yeah, save save your, your pennies on some of the uh, Juju Smith-Schuster MVPs and stuff like that. So um, Daigle is a, uh, a very strong game theory bro, so I, uh, I respect and understand the game theory in fading uh, Morikawa in DFS. Uh, he's winning this week, or he's winning next week at Riv. Um, so, you know, there's a golf bet for you. If you, you know, you want to, uh, sweat the waste management, 
Justin Thomas shouldn't be 24 or 25 either. So uh, there's a couple of golf bets for you. You can uh, bank some money and then bet the Super Bowl live with all of your your uh, waste management winnings. If you want some shorter six condom bets that I made, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook still has heads at even money, even though it's quite literally a coin flip. So I bet plus 100 because that's really stupid. Uh, that tails is actually favorited. So there's there's a bet right there. Wait, really? It's it's favored. Tail, tails is minus one hundred five, and they put heads at even money. Yeah, I don't <laughs> trust me. I, I don't get it either. So I bet well, it. Tails or at least fails. I got limit. I mean, that tails I got, I got limited yeah. on it. Yeah, I don't know, but it's stupid. And then I also bet this is probably more dangerous. I I have an alt bet on uh, Chiefs minus six and a half plus two eighty. Um, I like alt betting the Chiefs under a field under a seven points. Because I, I think they should be favored in this game. I missed that at the top. The, the the questions about schedule is enough to where you should not be ignoring it, but you should also not be yelling as most people are about how oh well the schedule doesn't matter or the schedule like you should not you should ignore it because of course the Eagles are good. That's probably the case. They deserve to be here, but overall, like since they haven't played anyone. It's also ambiguous enough to say, well, actually, the Chiefs are still the better team in this game. Uh, I have enough questions about the Eagles to where, again, I think the Chiefs' defense is the best here, especially how they've played the last six weeks. Just the fact that they limited Lawrence to five and a half yards per attempt, Burrow to six and a half yards per attempt. Dude, the Chiefs' pass rush right now is is incredible. It's amazing. So, of course, I think they can limit Hurts. Everyone wants to talk about how Mahomes may be injured still. No one is discussing how Hurts has just been bad throwing downfield. He's been terrible, and I think it's because of his shoulder injury. So, why he can't, why can't he be just as injured, even though that affects him more throwing downfield than Mahomes after Mahomes played the best game of his life on an injured ankle? So, yeah, of course I want the Chiefs. Every side, I want the Chiefs. Yeah, along that lines, I played uh, Patrick Mahomes have a higher completion rate than Jalen Hurts uh, in this game, and that was only minus one fifteen. I just like look at the philosophies, like beyond like like exactly what Daigle said. Like Hurts has been playing horribly. I think the Chiefs are going to be aggressive. They're going to try and like do a lot of zone blitzes when, and they might play tight. Like it's going to have to be a lot of like big plays for Hurts, and then like for Mahomes, they're probably just going to try and like maximize like the shorter distances. Like they're not going to go like guns blazing 40 yard passes to like Kadarius, Tony and MVS against like the Eagles corners. Like, of course the Eagles corners are like good. They're good. They're just like, that's not the optimal strategy. So like it, I think that they're, that Mahomes ends up in like, you know, 68, 70% range. Also his median is 2% higher than Jalen hurts as is. And like, you have all these other factors. So I still like that one a lot. That's it. Uh, I think FanDuel minus 115 is the best number at this point. Someone actually shot me a message. Cause this was, Got up to minus one thirty at uh, Canby shops. Now minus one fifteen at Fanduel. Um, I don't know DraftKings. I don't think has it, but I think it's a great look. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like it a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was shocked that he was like that close. I was like, maybe I'm missing something. I went through it. Like, I mean, Hertz has been a little better than I had remembered passing, but it's just because like the last four games, he's like it was like 57, 59, 60, and sixty six percent completion rate in his last four games, and that was against like multiple not very good defenses as well so like i think that he, since he's got hurt it's not great he, complete, he averaged 68 percent completion rate through week 14 um hasn't reached that number in any game since week 15 and then also uh three of ten on throws 20 yards downfield since he injured his shoulder from chicago on before that was completing 40 42 and a half percent of his throws 20 yards downfield was top 12 in the league not even close to that right now so yeah he's he's still injured yeah, no, 100%. I, I do have a question, I guess, two more prop questions for you guys real quick here. Uh, Kenny Gainwell receiving props. We were on some Samaj P. Ryan receptions and receiving yards last week. Um, I mean, any thoughts here? Kenneth Gainwell only over over at one and a half receptions. He's been kind of like their primary receiving back. I worry that there's just not enough like plays for them to run that where he's like getting enough volume here. But I feel like 10 and a half receiving yards, you know, two to three receptions is very much a play if the Eagles are facing like any kind of, you know, neutral to negative game script in this spot. Daigle, I'm any with, thoughts there? I'm with Kanish on those numbers clearly getting steamed, but the issue is Kenneth Gainwell is so explosive that 10 and a half can easily be done uh, in a competitive game where he's only playing on third down. So I, I guess if you told me to choose one, it'd probably be the over, but yeah. Yeah, and, and those are receiving props. I think Kanish is more referring to the rushing props because the rushing props uh, got up to as high as 25 at one point. Rushing That's yards. That's crazy. That's crazy. Which is outrageous because the whole yeah. season is props were like 
12 and a half, 13 and a half. And now we're seeing even 20 and a half just because he's looked awesome and has played a lot more in the second half. Uh, Noonan, any thoughts on, on Gainwell? I bet Gainwell over seven and a half receiving yards uh, against the Niners. And I did some work on that. It was pretty consistent where um, the only time that they were like, he was having these spike weeks was against like stout run defenses. Otherwise he was kind of back and forth between right around that number. Uh, but we saw some spikes against really good rush defenses. And that was kind of my handicap last week because I thought they'd have some struggle uh, running against the, the Niners and that works. I don't think that they necessarily have struggles running against the chiefs here if they decide that they want to. So uh, I don't think it really fits there. And now we're, you know, it's not a huge number. It's, it's seven and a half to 10 and a half, but uh, it's enough for me to stay off of it considering it's a little bit higher. And if it's only one ball um, that could be pretty tricky. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what I worry about too. And then the other one that I was looking at, I guess like other two would be like the, I don't even know if we want to get into this. The whole Chiefs mess at wide receiver. I mean, like Noah Gray, Justin Watson, Kadarius, Tony, MBS, Juju. Like all their props are too low. Patrick Mahomes' passing prop right now is 295 yards. And then it's Travis Kelsey at 77. And then it's like a bunch of guys at like 37 and less. So like some of these are going to be really, really wrong. It's just like which ones are going to be wrong. Because I mean, Kelsey's not going to have 200 receiving yards. So I don't know. Like, like okay, so let's just walk through the exercise. Like say you know, all of them are active outside of Hardman. Like, is there any specific guy that we should be targeting or like thinking about here? Because I'm kind of attracted to Justin Watson. I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe that's irrational. I think that his props are, are really low because he's playing a lot, but he's not very good. So I don't know, like a longest reception prop for him. His, his receiving yards is like 10 yards. So uh, Daigle, any, any thoughts on any of these guys here? The, the issue is that, as you mentioned, all props for the Chiefs are off. Because it's as if they're scared to account for injury. So I almost think it's best to just bet the overs on like all of them. Dude, even, I don't know if you've noticed, but even Patrick Mahomes passing prop, it is, it is plus money. It is minus money. So it's minus 105 to go over 38 and a half pass attempts, but it's even money to go over 20 and a half completions. Like, how does that make any sense at all? So it's almost best, it's plus EV, to attack the completions number, thinking he's going to get there because Vegas thinks he's going to go over on pass attempts. So, yeah, it's just the Chiefs' numbers are really weird right now. Yeah, Noonan, thoughts? I feel like the Eagles are giving them some, uh, they're giving a little respect here to the Eagles. I mean, this Mahomes number opened at like 285, which I thought was like really low. For some reason, I didn't play the over. I don't know. I, I, I was sleep at sleep at the wheel there. But any any thoughts uh, on any of the guys we mentioned? I think you know Watson is a guy that's out there mostly running wind sprints. But at the same time, like when he is targeted, it is down the field. Um, so theoretically, like a longest reception would be the way to play him versus any cumulative yards or multiple receptions or anything like that. Um, you know, Daigle did a good job poking some holes in MVS. Um, I just think that there's it's still the unaccounted for thing out there in the space is we just don't know uh, Juju's going to play. How healthy is he? What's going on with Tony? We saw seven targets for Sky Moore last time, enough to lead to a 250 to one Super Bowl MVP bet from Silva. Um, so there just is some like variance in terms of what happens there. You know, you have the prospects of an in-game injury as well. So like that very much could curtail things here, which probably makes the bet everyone over, uh, theory probably uh, slightly flawed there, but yeah, I think if anything, I, I think Juju's probably involved if they win. Like I think if you are bullish enough to think that the Chiefs are, you want to take alts and get them at minus six and a half, you probably need Juju to be a part of that, right, Tangle? I mean, he, he's kind of the guy that they need to be that secondary guy. I know we haven't seen it in a little while, but. I don't know. That seems to be the spot in the slot against Devontae Maddox uh, where you can have some success against Philly. So, I mean, stuff with Juju is probably a little light. That's why if you're going to attack Justin Watson, you betting on longest reception is the best way to go over not actual receiving yards because the routes, as you mentioned, they don't matter. They, they haven't mattered all year. Why would they suddenly start mattering, especially against probably the toughest boundary set of cornerbacks he's faced all year? All right, hear me out. You bet 
All we just have to do is bet Juju, Marcus Valdez, Scaling, and Kadarius Tony at 50 plus receiving yards for all of them at like plus 200 or plus 300. One of them's going to, well, two of them are going to hit. One or two of them are going to hit. Maybe, honestly, maybe it's just better to bet Noah Gray and Jody Fortson here at like 20 plus yards at plus money. I mean, one of them is going to catch a 25 yard pass. I don't know which one, but one of them is going to catch a 20 yard pass, sit down, fall down, and then that'll be it. So I don't know. I, I'm pretty confident that, they'll, that it'll be more of a short game, but. Who knows? I, I, that's why I, I, like, I, I brought it up, but I'm like, I don't think they'll know there's a clear answer. Like, it's just like a, a guessing game with like eight of these guys. All I know is that it won't be Skymore. That's all I <laughs> un, unequivocally know for a fact. Okay. Oh, I mean, you just go over to FanDuel. You know, if you got FanDuel, they're really nice. They, uh, they allow you to parlay T40 bets uh, at the waste management. Uh, and just throw in a couple of, uh, you know, Morikawa and Homa to T40. Plus 103. Plus 103. T40. We don't need him to win. Plus money. Like, these guys win golf tournaments. We don't need him to do it. Tom Kim, Sun JM, you want an all-Asian T40? Plus 126. What are we doing? T40s for these guys. Like, I mean, so to Dagle's point, just because you can bet on everything doesn't mean you have to bet on everything. Uh, we'll have tackles for you on Friday on the prop show, uh, same time and place as normal, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the uh, 444 YouTube page. We'll get into a little bit more, you know, probably specific, uh, use standard props. I'm going to save the tackles for the folks there. I have one more. I've not added it. I'm going to, I might even save it to the show, uh, for the show, knowing that, like, it's not moving until I bet it. And when I bet it, it's going to move. So we'll just do it live um, and, and hammer that there because it's kind of, what I've seen so far this week in the market is like when we make a play on the tackles, they move pretty drastically. And when we stay off, we don't see uh, much line movement at all. So uh, one more on the chief side coming in um, it may be another on the Eagle side, but definitely one of the chiefs. And we'll have that on Friday. Love it. Love it. Yeah. That uh, some of the props dipped back down originally. And I was, I doubled in. So I'm at a full unit on these. I, I don't normally bet full units on tackle props, but I'm at a full unit on, uh, the three that you've released so far. Oh, so I'm, I'm very excited to sweat those. We got Nick Bolton down to nine and a half for a bit. That was just, mm-hmm. just criminal. That is, uh, yeah. I think you can get Nick Bolton uh, to be the, uh, to lead the game in tackles on MGM or Caesars, I forget, at like minus 140, which is like, should probably be minus 200. Uh, Nick Bolton will definitely lead this game in tackles. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a good play for you. Uh, but again, we'll have more of the tackle stuff. Uh, I wanted to write a tackle article this week. Life got in the way. So no, no deep dive tackle article. But again, we'll go live and deep on the prop show on Friday. So that is it for me, guys, unless you guys have anything else we didn't touch on. So I'm good. No, that was I think that. we hit on I, everything live. Clip. Yeah, everything live, everything in the future. I think we t- our sides. I think we touched on everything, honestly. Love it. Xander and Hideki plus one hundred five, T forty. I mean, what are we doing? Come on, like hammer these. These are these are real bets that are going to actually win. Just re- just remember, only forty people can be T forty. Like it seems like you got a lot more out there than that. No, I just gave you six guys. That's that's fine. Oh, I had it. I, had I know a- what's happening on your computer besides it burning down. I know what you're doing over there with with eighty different players on T forties. Yeah, I had a dang. I had a ten legger. At the farmers, ten legger, T forty, uh, full 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 unit. Zalatoris, the only one that he missed the cut on the number uh, with a really bad uh, round two. Uh, hit nine to ten. It was painful. I usually don't go ten leggers. I usually just do a bunch of two leggers. Rotate the guys that I like. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a painful one. I need I need Fanduel. So it was my I even sent Connor a screenshot of him. Like this is my attempt to make sure that my Fanduel account stays fresh since my uh, DraftKings is now fried. It's it's funny how that works. How we always come one short. There's a reason always why one parlays exist. Always. There's, there's I'm going to why it exists. I'm 100% going to fire off like 50 MGM same game parlays because they let you uh parlay like alternate legs like kind of like Fanduel does. And they just have like a really easy interface. Like I've started doing that a little more. So I will be locked and loaded for the Super Bowl, getting some more exposure. You know, I already built a bet a, a Kelsey 100 plus, Sanders 85 plus, And that's like 15 to one or something like that. So getting maximum exposure to guys that I think could blow up, uh, always a lot of fun. But before we go, just want to let you know everyone know two things. Um, I dropped a novelty props video that will be releasing at 
uh, I believe it's 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. Uh, I talked about how many TikToks Jackson Mahomes is going to make during the Super Bowl, Gatorade colors, uh, national anthem. So you can get some more goods there in addition to what Kanish talked about. And if you want all of our official bets in one easy-to-read place, I know the audio is a little bit rough. You can find all of our bets over at 444.com for just 19 bucks. Uh, you know, you'll easily make more than $19, I think. I went like seven and three on my props last year. I know Noonan made money. Um, Sharp Clark's, Clark's in there now. We have 12 bets uh, that's included in that. So uh, come hang, you know, get get the bets there. Any last words from you guys or anything you guys want to promote? FanDuel Sportsbook, Kadarius Tony, 55 to one, first reception for the Chiefs. And Miles Sanders, captain in DFS. You're welcome. Wait, he's 55 to one for first reception? Or plus plus five fifty. Okay, I'm like, damn. Yeah. I, I was loading it up now. I'm not gonna lie. I was loading up the app. <laughs> plus five fifty. But he's he's still like the the seventh player on the Chiefs to catch the first reception. It's like three of them don't matter at all. So everyone, calm down. Oh uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. I like six fifty on Pacheco too, uh, which might not be a bad play for you. That's good. I know you're in there. So good number. yeah, good stuff as always. So again, apologies to everyone at the top for uh, you know we. Didn't have Silva. Uh, Kanish bailed on us, and I had, uh, you know, Wi-Fi reminiscent to uh, Oregon Trail days for uh, anyone with, uh, you know, AOL dial-up back in the day. So uh, good stuff as always. We will have a regular show this offseason. We will have a lot of draft content in the next couple of months. Um, we will have regular draft shows leading into it. It is, I think we all agree, the you know best, if not one of the best betting events uh, the calendar year, we do our best to try to bring on other folks in the industry that we talk a lot with uh, at times. We'll try to maybe get our hands dirty on the prospect side, uh, whatever we need to do to kind of make sure that we're ready for April when the draft comes and make sure we're prepared. Uh, again, take advantage, have as many books as you can if you don't already. Uh, in new states, make sure you sign up and get that free money. You want to be able to get down uh, as much as you can on the draft. It is uh, a great, great betting experience. So uh, we will not be going away, even though football is leaving us, uh, unfortunately. So, again, reminder, Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Connor uh, and Pat Mayo and myself, last prop drop of the season as well. And we'll hammer out kind of the rest of the stuff there. We'll get Mayo's thoughts on the novelty props and all of that. So, good stuff as always. Appreciate you all very much. For Connor and Daigle, I'm Noon, and we'll see you next time.